You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride and on Twitter at Slow Ride Pod. Hello and welcome to the 227th episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. This is Tim, your 2018 Traumagen Showdown winner, Hayes in Orlando, Florida. Hey, this is Matt, the little guy fresh into the off-season here in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And this is Spencer in Boston, Massachusetts, where I am about uh, three and a half years into my <laughs> off-season. Um, now... So true. For for those for those listening at home, this is the second time we've gone through through this mm-hmm. um, intro. And Spencer, each time when you say that, it makes me laugh. Well, like that's that's so yeah. so good. Yeah, well and, done. And the truth comes out. And you notice that uh, the first time through, take one, it was three years, and this time through, it is uh, three and a half years. So I've gotten more yeah. more accurate. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I'm glad that you crunched the numbers while we were <laughs> setting up to roll the second time. Now, little guy, you went into. Off season was actually today. I don't have an off season because I'm actually riding right now. But your um yeah, it's road race season. Your 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 season ended today at the legendary Minnesota State Cyclocross Championships. Yeah, it was a beautiful day. Uh, yes, Saturday was technically states, which I DNF'd out of. Woo! And today was the makeup after race that a few people show up to, and I pulled a nice mid pack finish out of like 15 starters. Um, so yeah, wait, do they still do like pretty sure they did it a little different this year. So previous years had always been categories on Saturday for States and that's the one that counts. And then Sunday was age groups. And this year they, they did everything on Saturday with state championships. So all the races were kind of broken up and smaller than usual. And then today the only actual state championship was single speed so mine was just a regular mm-hmm. old one two cat three 35 plus minnesota style jam jam everybody together race um now for so t- for those listening abroad for 20 plus years the minnesota state cyclocross championship is always the last race of the season more or less and it's at the same venue which the defining feature of this venue is this really long awkward staircase terrible, where terrible it's not staircase. like a set of stairs that you would see like you know in a building where you just kind of the risers are all at the same height mm-hmm. it's a long like kind of a hiking staircase where there's just random logs and some backfilled dirt and then it will be like five feet before the next step and then one it's really it's, it's amazing <laughs> yeah. yeah you can't get a good rhythm on it at least i can't get a good rhythm yeah. in the 10 plus years of doing it uh it definitely is an advantage for the long-legged folks. Um, you guys are at more of an advantage than me. Short guys like me, the bottom couple stairs are kind of tall, kind of awkward to uh, chase like six footers on. <laughs> and there's so. always a good crowd in the stairs. Like that, that's yeah. kind of rowdy crowd. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah, that's always on Saturday, and then lately they've been cutting it out on Sunday because that's it's such a special staircase. It's only a one-day thing. You do it the one time. Oh. You do a race out there on Sunday, but you don't do the stairs on Sunday. Sun- stairs are for states. has to be there. <laughs> Otherwise, the course can change a lot. But, you know, it was a good time. It was kind of icy this now, year. So did a lot of falling. For our dedicated listeners, the most important thing to ever happen at the Minnesota State Cyclocross Championships is a uh, little guy completely crashing out Spencer in the volleyball sand pit <laughs> that we have seen some amazing photos that we'll put into the yeah. uh, Slow Ride that, podcast so, Instagram uh, feed so you can really relive that moment. Uh, yeah. I'd like, Tim, I'd like to make a correction, which is, uh, it was Spencer crashing (laughs) me out. Uh, Let's not go back and do some revisionist history. This was Spencer saying, hey, Mm. check out this line. Follow me on this sweet line as we warm up and then eating it (laughs) almost immediately. And then me eating it because I was right behind him, foolishly believing that Spencer had a really good line that I should follow through and that was like i think the last time i ever was like yeah i'll get right on your wheel yeah and just try to blast blast through a tough line behind uh, you I, I believe you to, to be fair it was the better line <laughs> i just screwed it up 
So really, <laughs> yeah, it was definitely it was the way to go for sure. Despite photographic, I'm so evidence. glad someone was there to take that picture. Yeah. of us. It's so great. They captured us. <laughs> It's, it's, it so encapsulates, um, that era of our team's mm-hmm. racing. It's mm-hmm. you and me, we're probably the only two in the one, two race mm-hmm. and that's us warming up, just eating just it together. Falling. I was about how we probably, uh, pulled the race off a couple, you know, an hour later. Yeah. I'd say that's accurate. So, um, I know a lot of folks sitting at home might be going, what are they going to talk about this week? And we do have some bike racing to discuss. Do we? We have some uh, quick news we're going to go through, and we have an amazing feature that uh, will lead off the show here in just a second. And um, I got to say, we love getting listener feedback. Mm-hmm. Love getting emails at the slowridepodcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. We love uh, the reviews that people will leave on iTunes. Um. It's great hearing that, and it, it means a lot that we have uh, listeners. Sometimes we question you know why um, or we have dedicated listeners like Douglas Sniper who totally showed up the other day on our Facebook uh, group yeah the slow ride podcast uh, experience with the uh, the corner card um, helmet yep. sticker yep of Yolanda Neff on his own helmet like amazingly well done um, so really like to see that dedication however the the game has been the bar has been set the game is is over, and uh, Spencer, why don't you take it away and let our listeners know what what occurred? Yeah, yeah. So, like Tim said, you know, we we appreciate all of our listeners, uh, you know, equally, or at least we have up until now. Um, we yeah. we really love all of this stuff, you know, that you guys bring to the Facebook group, to our email inbox, to the reviews. It's all fantastic. But the the bar has been raised. Um, it, we have reached a new level here, and uh, we were hand-delivered a book. Nice. Oh, the author came in, too. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. This was this was hand-delivered to me by the author uh, at my place of business. Um, it was uh, totally unexpected. Um, we have a, a White Angle Podium member, Oscar Ye, uh, popped in. Um, with his son, Edwin Ye, who wrote a book inspired by our Schwamigan adventure here on the podcast. And yeah. it is called The Three Bikers. Uh, it is very good. It's got some original illustrations on the cover. And uh, this thing is great. And uh, I should mention Edwin is, uh, you know, this is his first novel. Um and uh, and it comes at the ripe old age and, of eight years old. Yes, he's eight years old. I we're gonna feature this like book on our Instagram feed at the minimum. Yeah. So so go yeah, to absolutely. at the Slow Ride Pod if you're you know listening right now. It's on there. So just check it out to follow along because Ethan crushed it. It's it's very good. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he crushed it. Edwin crushed it. It's it's very good. Uh, this is a a heartfelt tale. It's got, it's got all the highs and the lows of a classic novel. This is, um, I should say this is a fictionalized, uh, rendition. This is not, uh, a a biography. This is not a nonfiction book. Mm. Um, he is, uh, following our story along, uh, as it developed here. And I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna read it, uh, right now. So let me get into this. I'm ready. Once upon a time, there were three bikers. They loved bikes. I mean, they loved bikes. Their names were Alex, Tom, and Small Guy. Stop. Okay. Alex, Tom, and Small Guy. We know Little Guy is Small Guy. We assume. And my understanding is that um, so Edwin did not listen to the podcast, so he's, he's writing this secondhand. He's learning this secondhand from his father. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, no, this story was uh, Oscar listened to the podcast and related this story to his son. And this is what came of that. So we got we got small guy. Awesome. And yep. then Tom and Andrew. So I'm just like, therefore, I'm probably t- Tom, Tom and Alex, Tom and Alex. I'm probably Tom. Tom. Yeah. Well, let's see. Yeah, let's let the story, the story unfold. Goes. Let's see what Tom does. Okay. Maybe you don't want to claim Tom. <laughs> All right. Sorry. Yeah, maybe. 
All right, I'm going to continue. Uh, their names were Alex, Tom, and Small Guy. That was James's nickname. Uh, okay. Once, once Alex said, hey, there's a cyclocross race coming up. Why don't we go do it? So the three decided to go do the race. Then the day came. Tom borrowed a bike. And so did Alex. But little guy made his bike and they made a plan. So he went from small guy to little guy. He did. He did go from small guy to little guy, um, which is maybe where the fiction breaks down a little bit. I think we can confidently say small guy it's is fair. actually a little James. guy. Yes. <laughs> James. All right. Um, so let's get in. Let's get into this now. Uh, so they went to the race and they got to the start. And off they went. But Alex cheated. He went ahead at the end of the race. Mm -hmm. They met up. Hey, that's not cool. The end. That sounds pretty accurate to me. I mean, (laughs) I don't know. I I feel like that is an an accurate uh, representation of of the day. Yeah. Taking some liberties with the truth. I don't know. When I first saw this, it was one of the greatest things ever. But then I read it, and Edwin definitely fudging the truth a little bit. You know, it's kind of like an E.L. Doctorow book. It's a little, you know, kind of cool, <laughs> but uh, kind of cool. <laughs> wow, big slam on E.L. <laughs> well, you know, it's like it's kind of historically accurate, but not really because I did not cheat because I'm Tom. Mm. Uh, that's debatable, uh, Alex. Sure. Um, I think there's a there's probably a a moral truth to come out of this, wouldn't you say? Oh, oh, it's funny you mentioned that because at the back of the book here there is a note from the author. <laughs> uh, note from the author: I think there was a lesson. Your word is your word, and that is that. Truer words I've I've never heard spoken. <laughs> Wise words from an eight year old. Yeah, definitely, I mean, I like it. I'm glad we taught a moral lesson. I mean, that's a pretty amazing that this 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 silly little podcast is 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 inspiring the youth of today to, you know, absolutely. Well, I mean, so if you ever want to uh, recreate one of our uh, events that we've had, you know, feel free. But I don't know how you're going to top uh, Edwin's uh, Edwin's approach to um, the the uh, the Shawamigan showdown. Oh, it's it's going to be very tough. And uh, like like you said, we'll post this all up on Instagram. But the the original artwork is incredible. The author's note, everything. It's it's so good. And and when he read it out loud to me, it was what? it was really. That's that's I didn't even know that part. That's amazing. Oh my god, that's so cool. Were you embarrassed when they when they came into your 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 place of employment and then like there was like just a, a shutdown and everyone's like watching this uh, happen? No, no, it was awesome. I, I was a little confused because people don't usually come in and ask for me uh, at, at my job because I, you know, I don't interact with customers. But um, no, it was great. I came down. I got the live reading. It was it was incredible. Like the, the you know, the passion was there. Like you could tell the the story meant a lot uh, to Edwin, and uh, you know, he really wanted to get the point across now, that the- uh, Alex was a jerk. Did a pretty good job spelling uh, Schwamigan too, because we we get all types of texts and emails of like, how do you spell Schwamigan? And yeah, he, uh, crushed it. So, well, anyways, that was a that was a great yeah. rendition. Spencer, bravo on the uh, recreation. Um, you know, I'd be uh, maybe get that on audiobook. Um, <laughs> yeah, just fantastic stuff all around. And little guy, now that um, yeah. well, I get. Is there is there anything else we want to talk about this? I mean, this is a four star. I mean, what would be your blurb on the back of the book? It's a page turner. Uh, historically accurate, riveting. No, something like, that. like riveting is a good four star review. Mine would be like, you know, um, something hasn't been this good since Hincappy on stage sixteen. You know, or okay. something mm-hmm. that really just yeah. drives it home. This story so. snaps off quicker than a Bravo. aluminum steer on the cobbles. Perfect. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. Um, so I was on a uh, uh, it's winter time. I was on a uh, a, a, a group ride here, 
and someone was uh, rocking a brand new like Colnago, like a like one of those like you know the bike was probably eight to ten grand, like whole build out. Yeah, but the That's whole time on the group there, ride, huh? the whole way on the group ride was just this nasty like uh, um, uh, chain noise because it wasn't like aligned up. So it's kind of like uh, you see a Ferrari that is like just got a misfire. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. like it kind of ruins the experience of a, a really cool ride. And you're like, man, you spent all that money and that's just not shifting properly. Um, kind of felt bad for the guy um, as you put it in. So <laughs> Probably shouldn't. That was my winter uh, ride report. Um, that's just been fantastic. The Colnagos look, they, they do look good. I will say that like the newer Colnagos that I've seen lately, Can't the paint jobs look pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, um, yeah, I will say at States today, I saw a flat bar disc Colnago cross bike. Let that sink into your brain for a second. Flat bar disc Colnago cross bike. I wasn't sure to be amazed or kind of horrified. I really don't know. Single speed. Like what did they, uh, they were in I don't, you know, I don't remember if it was single speed or it was like 55 plus or something. It's so hard to know in Minnesota. There's nine categories out there. They might have had a zip tie on it or something. I don't know what category they were in, but, but what, th- that's besides the point. What kind of group are they running on it though? Like, I mean, I didn't see, I was in the, it, it's cold in Minnesota. People don't know. Um, post race, I couldn't really do anything except sit in the car, um, and wait for, uh, Eamon who I carpooled with to get back to the car. So we could go home. So I was just sitting there, uh, and he just the guy rode by. I just caught a glimpse, a flicker, and was confused. I'm confused just listening to it because of the. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen a flat bar Conago before. I'm just trying to figure out how does that work. Seems like a thing that shouldn't work, right? It seems like at the shop they should have said, "Are you sure?" (laughs) Maybe they did, and then the guy just sort of like threw ten thousand dollars at them, and they said, "Whatever." (laughs) and <laughs> we can do that um yeah we can do anything spencer you're uh before we get to little guys uh winter ride report have you had anything uh good coming in uh on your commutes into uh work anything exciting there in the uh the big dig no i i, I like to keep my uh commutes not exciting you know what i mean like so happy to report no excitement yeah it's a- i just you know i leave my house i get to work it's great do you take like back roads uh, I take a lot of, uh, bike paths. Yeah. Okay. Back roads and stuff too. Yeah. Cause when I've ridden with you in Boston, I'm amazed at how many like traffic, but then where there are the bike lanes, there's hundreds of people on the bike lanes. Like the bike lanes get really used really well, but it's kind of like that connection of mm-hmm. getting to the bike lanes. It seems to be where the issues are. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> so little guy, <laughs> what do you uh, got going on in your, uh, your land of, uh, winter make-believe? Well, I wanted to report to you two that you were wrong. My bike did not explode this week. So, ha. Uh, my winter bike worked all week long. And so take that and put it in your pipe and smoke it. My bike's been great. <laughs> and th- this is the, the, the reclaimed bike from Chicago. Yeah, yeah. This is my Street Fine Fuji right, touring you- bike. It's been great. Well, good thing the Fuji's lesson because you're not going to be able to, uh, you know, if anything happens to it, you're not going to be able to warranty it perhaps in a little bit because uh, things aren't so good at Fujiland. Well, I I started doubting you can still warranty things from 1985, but um, I've never had a bike I could warranty. (laughs) Wow. I've warranted one bike. It was the Bianchi Pista concept on the track. When, um, oh yeah. The, Has there the, ever been a Bianchi that hasn't been warranted? <laughs> I mean, maybe, maybe the really? the the Bianchis from Lotto Jumbo they seem to be working just fine. I mean, that's what we see, but we just see the we just see the race prep bikes. Like we don't see the the pile of carbon that gets shipped by the forklift load back to the factory. I'm really ragging on on Bianchi. I was ragging. I was gonna say Colnago, but I'm really ragging on Bianchi. I just feel like. Maybe it's because Minneapolis is a is a kind of a heavy Bianchi town because of one on one. Maybe I are there a lot of Bianchis down there? Spencer, are there a lot of Bianchis in in Boston? No, I don't. I actually don't think I've seen any Bianchis. There's all right, Tim. 
very limited here. Like you see some, but the, nowhere near the amount of Bianchi's that you saw up in Minnesota. Yeah. Now the Bianchi, yeah. now Spencer has a Bianchi as a Bianchi single speed mountain bike. Mm -hmm. There, I would say that like when those single speed mountain bikes were happening, there was a lot more Bianchi's yeah. that I noticed, right? Like I don't see a lot back in Minneapolis. I didn't see a ton of like Bianchi Celeste color carbon road bikes, except maybe on like no. some certain rides. So not the most popular, but definitely more than other cities. Yeah, they're more. I feel like they're more popular here. GP had them, one on one had them. Like there was a few shops around town that had them, and I just feel like I've heard a lot of people complaining about them breaking and stuff through the years. But I don't know if that's any more than any other uh, big bike company. It's just that they're they're heavy in this market, whereas probably in some other city, everybody's complaining about Pinarellos or something. I heard one person once uh, compare a Bianchi. They said it was the Italian Schwinn, and then I never wanted one again. Right? Like, because I, I wanted the Bianchi. I was like, ooh, the Celeste looks amazing. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, it's the Italian Schwinn. And I'm like, oh. But I'd yeah. still, you know, I'd follow in Spencer's footprints well, and just, I still have the eBay alert um, for a uh, Bianchi single speed for sure. Um, so. There's certainly cool ones, but uh, when we first started riding, I feel like that was. Not the pinnacle, but it was definitely one of the cooler things you could imagine coming across, like finding a cool Bianchi around here, at least. You know, that was possible. You were going to find, like, a Solmec or something, you know? Yeah. But, yeah. Anyway. Hey, Spencer, in Boston, like, what is there a brand that takes over more? Like, I would say here, like, on the roadside of things, mm -hmm. there's a lot more Pinarellos in Orlando than any other, like, bike. Like, sure, they're specialized in Trek, but I feel like there's a lot of Pinarellos. Mm -hmm. Is there a brand that um, is kind of the big one out there in Boston? Uh, I feel like... I feel like there's a lot of Cannondale out in the New England area oh. because Cannondale is not sense. too far away there in Connecticut. Um, and I feel like a lot of people know a lot of people who know a lot of people. <laughs> it's kind of like get a lot of bikes. <laughs> and so they just sort of filter out. Um, yeah. it's, it's as if you can't, you know, turn a corner without tripping over a Cannondale uh, that somebody got for pennies on the dollar. Oh, I like that. That sounds fun. That's way better than tripping on foundries and other yeah. quality offshoots. Yeah, I, I remember like the, you know, in Minnesota, it's like you would never want to be the salsa dealer because it's in the land no. of QBP. So everyone had like kind of that back door. Uh, when I was out in Salt Lake where Mavic is, it was, you know, there, there wasn't a lot of Mavic wheel sets on the like bike shop floors, but there was a lot of Mavic wheel sets like on the bikes that you'd see around. You're like, oh, yeah. okay, someone's buying at the garage sale at the end of the year or whatever. Um, so one of the other uh, things that uh, just to get into bike talk um, before we get to the uh, flip side and kind of big from within the industry perspective is that Performance Bike Shop is going is filing for Chapter 11 restructuring. So they have 140 stores, I believe, wow, something like really? that. And they're going to wow. for sure close about, I've heard anywhere from 40 to 60 that there's mm -hmm. some stores that are on the uh, the cusp of closing. Um, they were bought about two years ago by ASI, which is the parent company of Fuji, Breezer, Kestrel, SE. Mm -hmm. um, Ouch. And so Ouch. They, they took it over. And the reason they had to take it over, as most of us assumed at the time, was because performance owed them a ton of money. So it was kind of, if performance went under, ASI probably was going to go under at that time. So they might as well just acquire all the stores and maybe work out some of the debt. And that just has not been the case. Little guy, have you ever yeah. been physically into a bricks and mortar no. performance bike shop? No, had the catalog when I was a, a newbie cat six, but no, where are they? Okay. Well, the, the, they're around. So, and Spencer, have you ever been into one? Uh, I don't think so. No. Okay. So I may be the only one. So I went into Jacksonville and then I went into the one in Orlando um, before. They, it, it is like walking into, like a bomb got dropped off. I remember like just walking in and things were just like in both stores, things just placed randomly. Helmets that had like, you know, open boxes on the floor, but it was really cheap and lots of Fujis, a little limited amount of um, Breezer. And then, uh, you know, Kestrels, they, they had a lot of Kestrels down here and that's, but they, yeah. like the, 
I just remember going in and like being like, wow, this place has got everything. But it was a horrible retail experience because there'd be like two people working and they were always swamped with like making a kid's bike. But I don't remember like anybody ever going in to like get labor there. And I don't ever remember like like a group ride happening from the Orlando one. You know what I mean? Like it was just kind of the store that maybe yeah. you would go for really cheap bike products. But then Central Florida's only REI opened up across the street and to walk into an REI and to walk into a performance, you're like, wow, like REI is a beautiful store. You walk in, it's diversified. You can get everything you could possibly want. And it's actually got like, you you could put a wall around the bike area and be like, wow, this is like a local bike shop. Like the people are knowledgeable for the most part. They're, you know, it's a friendly place. You go to performance. Oh man, it was like, you would never get a hello. It was, just, it was really weird. So I'm not surprised yeah. that performance went bankrupt, I guess is, is what I'm, what I'm getting at here. Yeah. I mean, no, not to, I like my old Fuji, but like, and I would love to have a 1980s breezer, but man, that, that line of a brand's Fuji breezer Kestrel, that is like a, that's like three dinosaurs still walking the earth at this point. I well, mean, that's I, not a, that's not a winning lineup. Breezer's got some cash Breezer could do quite well. And then SE bikes really? is hot right now. I guess people buy those. I guess people buy those. Yeah. SE is still, super that, hot with like the, the 12 o'clock kids that are like running around with like the, the wheelies all the time. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, I suppose. But like, like how much money can you make on those? They're not that expensive. True. I don't know. But. Anyways, the store is going under, and yeah. this is going to have a huge ripple effect within the industry. I mean, they they published like the creditors limit. I mean, there's a lot of money that's owed all the way across the board um, okay. by the liabilities of performance. Um, so, any, anything you want to add, Spencer, from your experience or whatever? Uh, not really. I mean, uh, you know, you never want to see bike shop closed. You never see folks in the retail side of things uh, without jobs, uh, but the performance pricing structure led really to no other conclusion here than what's happening. It's, it's kind of the fundamentals, right? Like if you're charging that cheap for, you know, a, a flat repair or a tube, like it's in the long run, not going to, you know, help you help you out on the bottom line. Yeah. But, um, hopefully everyone can uh, find jobs for the stores that are affected. And, um, you know, it's always support your uh, local IBD for your, uh, service needs that's for sure but with that let's uh get into the preem lap <laughs> cool. uh this is steven hyde with cannondale cyclocrossworld.com and you are listening to the slow ride podcast yeah yeah As we mentioned last week, we have a brand new sponsor, and that is PowerDot. And listeners of the Slow Ride Podcast are going to be able to uh, secure a sweet discount on uh, going to PowerDot.com and using the coupon code SLOWRIDE. But before you do that, let's uh, have a little testimonial from the man himself, Spencer. Um, how you doing? I am uh, I'm doing well, Tim. I'm doing really well. And do you know why? Well, I know... I'll tell that- you why, Tim. Because... <laughs> <laughs> because while right. you schmucks have been sitting here on this podcast just recording a podcast i've been actively recovering this whole time now that's smart that's gonna make me ready to train again it's gonna make me ready to race that's gonna get me back into fitness it's gonna help me with my muscle fatigue it's gonna help prevent injury i am ahead of the game and it's all thanks to the power dot system that I have right along my IT band right now as we speak. Oh, oh really? Currently. You, um, and you're running it through the app, right? Yeah, I am. Uh, I am controlling the uh, level um, via the app. I've cranked it up a little bit when the little guy was talking about uh, Fuji steel bikes from the 80s. And I turned it back down when uh, Tim <laughs> brought us back to reality. So okay, you don't want to get too too worked up when so, Tim's talking. Now I know when you have this uh, the power dot when I when I opened up uh, mine of the sweet packaging um, and then mm-hmm. the app itself super user intuitive. Oh, it's great. And then yep. the, the diodes um, 
they actually give you the pictures of how to use it. I guess that's the important part here because you know me. I'm not oh the God. smartest, yeah, sharpest knife in the drawer when it comes to something like this. And now we've got a... Uh, no, yeah. I, I've got... So when I pop the app open, I've, I've got the option for performance uh, work. I've got wellness work. And then I've got a focus area where I can focus on a specific muscle and just really get to work on it. Um, so I've been working on my active recovery here under the uh, under the wellness um, area. So, you know, you pop through to what you're looking to do. You want to work on your strength endurance. You want to work on whatever. And you choose which muscle you're putting it on. And it just goes to town on you. And it, it is. It's like a massage, only better. It's reducing the soreness uh, in legs from your workouts earlier that day. You can use this as I'm doing right now. You can just turn it on and walk around your house. You can go do the dishes. You can walk the dog, whatever you need to do uh, with this on. This isn't something uh, where you need to be, you know, just stagnant, like laying there, getting getting this done like a normal massage or like some of the compression boot machines that the, that are out there on the market. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think that the, you know, that the big takeaway um, once again is going to be that it supplements your training, right? So it's going to help you uh, relieve uh, any type of soreness help you with active recovery and get you ready for uh, your next ride before you know it. And um, with that, you can go to powerdot.com and you can use the code SLOWRIDE to save 20%. And this technology has been around for decades. You can now get it pennies on the dollar because you're getting yeah. that 20% SLOWRIDE code at powerdot.com. Check it out. It's great. And if you don't believe us, just go ask Lawson Craddock because he knows. We're also, once again, brought to you by the, our friends over at Grimper Brothers Coffee. Head over to um, Slowride, or head, sorry, head over to WideAnglePodium.com and look for the um, ad on the right taskbar of Grimper Brothers, and you're going to go and uh, get some sweet full Schleck coffee. 25 bucks gets roasted that week and then sent to you straight away, so you're going to have it by the time of the weekend. Once again, Grimper Brothers and then look for the full Schleck blend of coffee. Yeah, it's awesome. Definitely. Um, Someone, uh, I was going to say at States this weekend, somebody yelled full Schleck at me on the stairs, and it definitely made me want to stop and have a nice cup of coffee as opposed to running those stairs another time. Interesting. Oh, I bet. That's that's a pretty good reaction that you, uh, you know, in the middle of your cross race running up some stairs, you thought, I'd rather stop and get a cup of coffee rather than just unzipping your jersey fully. So I think, you're, well, I think your mind's in the right place. It's pretty cold in Minnesota, and I think even the Schlecks would have uh, opted to keep that, that sucker zipped all the way up oh, sure. during that crosser. <laughs> They've got no body fat at all, so they'd, they'd have no, to. No, they would. If one of the Schlecks would have unzipped, they might have died. That's true. Um we are also going to give you a quick reminder that we are on the Wide Angle Podium Network. Visit WideAnglePodium.com to check out all the other family of shows we've got there. Great stuff. Cyclocross Radio, uh, Bike Shop CX, Consummate Athlete, a lot of other great stuff. Um, if you enjoy this show, I guarantee you will enjoy something else on the network. So uh, peruse the shows up there and uh, give them a listen. Hi, this is Dan from Nam, Namibia, not Vietnam, and you are listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. All right, so we're back. Thanks for uh, continuing to tune in. You can always email us at slowridepodcast at gmail.com. A couple of quick notes that I'd like to go over, guys, before we get to Tabor, and that is after, in the, in the podcast green room last week, I was telling you that I was finally going to sell the 2007 Nissan Versa that you both know so well. We have, we've ridden in this oh, Versa yes. to bike races a many and uh, just, just great stuff. Mm -hmm. And you guys, and it, it is, it is the single probably most common knock that you guys have given me when you make fun of me usually has to do with the Versa. <laughs> Well, That's it's fair. been a good car for you, but yeah, it's a, no, but like this is usually car. like, the let's make fun of Tim. Let's make fun of the Versa is kind of the what happens. I, I mean, maybe. Okay. So 
I had put this up on Craigslist and I had not gotten any hits. Now my goal yep. was to get $2,000. Like I knew for a fact I could get $2,000 of this Nissan Versa and I wasn't getting any hits. And I told you guys, I read you guys the, um, the, the write up and you, you, you just blew it apart the way that you blow apart my ego every single time <laughs> I talk about cars, right? You're like, Tim, that is not how you do it. This is not how you sell a car. So I am now going to tell you guys, um, well, first, I'll, let's just read a little yeah. bit of the listing. First okay. off. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, some, um, of, the, the, some of the this, edits we made, yeah. Yeah, some of the edits. We made so some the, good edits. The first okay. edit was the title. So it used to say 2007 Nissan Versa, $3,000. And then you yeah. guys changed that and you said, no, you got to change it. So now it says rare 2007 Nissan Versa price to move $2,300. So yeah. right away I'm setting the, uh, the standard now motivated, motivated seller. <laughs> now the, Spencer, I didn't, I, I never corrected the photos that are there, but yeah. right away I get the, the opening line. You Versa the world. Thank you little guy <laughs> for that. I'm still happy with that. Yeah. I'm so happy We're, with that still. <laughs> We are downsizing from two cars to one in the family with another kid on the way and our 2007 <laughs> Nissan Versa has to go. I have to admit, Sarah, I got at least four different text messages from people saying, wow, you're having another kid? And I had to each time tell them, no, it's a sales tactic. <laughs> like, I love that. It has been a perfect car for us and would make a great car for a college student. Originally, I was saying, like, it'd be a great car for a high school student. You guys were like, no, you don't want to put a high school. You got to put a college student on there. Yeah, high, um, s- high school makes it sound like this car is about to fall apart. Yeah. Yeah, so, a piece of garbage. College, you need dependency. So yep. perfect car for hashtag dorm life. Yeah. Gets you from point A to point B safely and has relatively low mileage for its age. And I just replaced the battery with a two-year warranty and a new air freshener, too even filled up the gas tank for you now see that bonus that gas tank the air freshener is like a nice little touch but that gas tank man that is actual dollars in a college kid's eyes that is yeah. like an extra uh, 40 bucks that yeah. they are so, saving and then of course it's a, a deal yeah. i had to put the caveats right like any good craigslist caveats as you guys pointed out what are they what are the things that you gotta put into every craigslist post I don't even remember what we said. Title in hand. <laughs> title in hand, yeah. A title in hand, yeah. Serious inquiries only. No solicitations. Yeah. yeah. Right? You got to say Just in case. Price is firm. Price is don't, firm. Yeah. Yeah, it is firm. So, yeah. two owners, never true. sweet ride. Yeah. Now, I didn't mention that the air conditioner is out in Florida. No, no, no. Why? You mentioned that right before they signed the title. <laughs> Did I say the air conditioner's yeah. out? So, I meant it is out. So right away, I started getting some emails. And I forwarded over one of the emails to you guys, written in Comic oh. Sans, and it said, I'm a college student. This car, I need a dependable car. Is it still available? I didn't even write them back because I already had a fish on the line. <laughs> and Well, that, that was obviously a Russian bot. So... Took a test ride, brought it up mm-hmm. to his old mechanic, kind of checked it all out, comes back, makes an offer. He offers me $1,900. Oh. $1,900. And I said, I said, get out of here with that. That is not going to happen. Actually, my response was, ooh, I don't think, I think that's way too low. I think that, you know, I've already dropped the price from $3,000 down to $2,300 because of the air conditioner. So um, I'm definitely not going to go that low. But if you want to make a more respectable offer, then, uh, you know, uh-huh. we can talk. Then he said twenty one hundred, and I said twenty two hundred, and he said deal. So nice. Here's the caveat, though. <laughs> so I got the car sold. Yeah. He gave me a yeah. down po- a down payment on the car. Yeah. Because I'm gonna have to go in yeah. with him to go to the registrate the registrar, and mm-hmm. it's for his daughter who's gonna be taking her uh, driver's license test on Tuesday, and I'm really pulling for her. I really want, <laughs> but. <laughs> I have about 15 emails in my inbox from when I updated this listing to right. So the listing works. So I I appreciate you guys. And I asked the guy, I said, what was it that got you to go after this car? (laughs) Oh, Oh, now we get to see if it was my edit or a little guy's edit. So I was thinking that, you know, maybe it was the air freshener. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or maybe it was the fact that the, the title said rare. 2007 Nissan Versa, which I thought was the most brilliant part. Yeah. However, 
He said the part that really stuck out to his daughter and him when they were cruising Craigslist was you versa the world. Yes, <laughs> I win. <laughs> and he said, that's what did it. Perfect. So. Oh my God. I feel so, so oh, I feel so happy. I haven't felt this happy in a long time. That's so great. <laughs> I've got this car sold now and we're going down to the one car. So we've got the, we've got the, the cargo bike, right? Right. And oh instantly I'm thinking about what I can spend this money on. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> like a true like a true biker yeah. immediately. Okay, what are you thinking about, Tim? <laughs> I definitely want one of those bullet cargo bikes with the linkage steering. <laughs> oh, whoa. But Already it, going for the upgrade on the cargo it's bike. Not gonna okay. ha- it's not going to happen. Um, I, I just got to say, guys, I am so happy that this car is finally going to be out of my driveway. Now, yeah. I've been through a lot with this car. <laughs> yeah. There's no armrest. And I have driven from <laughs> Minnesota to Florida and back at least three or four times this car. Mm. There's also no cruise control. Oh. Yeah. Economy so. car, man. Tim, if you want to sell, you gonna uh, you should do the bullet, man, because then I'll make you a lowball offer on your, uh, <laughs> on your cargo bike. <laughs> well, anyways, I would personally like to thank you guys drive for helping me sell this uh, Nissan Versa. Um, it is a way of life for us. A um, couple wow. of quick uh, notes. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw this, but UCI mountain bike world champion, Kate Courtney, American superhero, Mm -hmm. really is leaving team specialized to go to Scott. Um, The land of world champions, the land of world championships is actually a pretty big steal for Scott. I would say, because now they're going to have both world championship stripes in their kit. I'm surprised specialized was unable to match the offer of Scott bikes. Like I, because I think Kate Courtney so, with that world championship could be a really good marketing tool for Specialized that they could really Yeah, yeah. so what that. you're saying, if I'm reading between the lines, is that you think Specialized is on its way out of business as well, a la <laughs> Performance Bike and Fuji. No, I don't think that at all. Oh, okay. But I'm just, no. I was just surprised to see that, you know, a top-level athlete that mountain biking is gaining steam. Sure. Right? It's it's yeah. never it's not going anywhere. And now we have an American hero winning well, the world championship. And well, here's here's the thing. If, the I, American if I look brand. at it, I'm looking at the uh the cycling world and I'm seeing Trek uh we've touched on in the past investing heavily in the women's side of the sport for sure. And and you know, obviously with Trek Segafredo and the world tour, we see I guess Scott, I I don't really consider them a big player, but they seem, you know, pretty ingrained with Nino over there on the mountain bike side of things. Um, But specialized, you know, I see them really, really focused on the road. Like I think they've got, you know, two world tour teams, maybe a third, you know, in the wings. Um, Are they, are they just nonchalant about the off-road side of the sport? Do you think? And they're just focused on, on the road. I don't know how they can be. Yeah, I don't right? know. It like, seems like a bad idea. That's why I thought that she would be like like one of those specialized athletes that you would just, for her entire career, you would assume that she would be the specialized sure. know, person. But they, I guess when, is what I was when you've When you've got a Peter Sagan already, you know, I think that must be the I mentality. can't think of a better athlete to counter, to juxtapose Peter Sagan than a female oh, sure. American cyclist who is really, really good and is the world champion. No, I, I, I am not arguing with you. I'm like, just trying to figure out what they're thinking. Like, what's the special, like, where, do you guys know offhand, like, what's specialized, like, what, are they sponsoring a women's world tour team? Uh, offhand, I don't know, but probably at least three. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> I guess I'm just thinking, like, you know, Trek goes all in, it seems, and then specialized, because they're, you know, they're always... They're always going to be brother and sister when it comes to, um, you know, the bike world. So you're always going to compare them against each other. And I would just say that Trek seems to be winning a little bit as far as the support, um, out, out, outlandish well, support of you know, sure, teams sure, stuff. sure. But even on the mountain bike side, you're seeing Yolanda moving to Trek, and you're Trek, seeing Kate yes. move off of Specialized. Maybe they've got somebody uh, coming in from somewhere else that we're not aware of yet to fill the shoes of Kate Courtney, but um I'm sure we'll get some emails from uh specialized to let us know uh how wrong we are. Maybe 
Maybe the specialized carbon just isn't as vertically compliant as ladder and laterally stiff as it used to be. Did you guys think be. of that? I didn't think of that. that could I mean, got to think about that. I saw that news. I thought it was uh, something that we definitely wanted to touch on. But let's get into um, a quick uh, recap of the um, Tabor cross race. Yeah. Obviously, Vanderpool won because it was a bike race. Uh, the big news I want to talk about is that local Minnesota boy... Nick Carter, who's kicked my ass on many occasions, and I he might be 17. He got 20th in the junior race. Nice. Um, I think he was the second American. Um, he's maybe a minute down or something. Uh, I was super excited to hear that. It's always now, great who to hear won that somebody locally. Uh, or who was on the podium of that junior race? I don't know who won, but on the podium in second place was Sven Nice's kid, whose name I do not recall right now. Tebow. Um, Tebow. That, oh, no, and the winner was uh, a Musim. So, like, I don't know if Tom's, Tom Musim's younger brother or something. Like, that's the thing with Belgian cyclocrosses. You see so many of the same names, and I never know if they're relatives, they're brothers, <laughs> if they're cousins. I really want crosshairs to to make me a flow chart so i can know who all these juniors and u23 uh, how they're related to uh the folks in the elite ranks that's a really good um, idea I, li- I like that like the family tree of cyclocross it, like, yeah, like no, who's yeah, racing that, now that's not a bad idea at all and i'm sure bill yeah, has like so nothing helpful. else going on so you know bill, you just yeah, buckle down on. on that so do me a solid bill so um so tebow niece gets second in the juniors uh local minnesotan uh, does pretty well as well now that's it was like 50 dudes Vander, in that race vanderpool wins and then what was it uh van tornout second i think so i don't remember i didn't watch much of that race because it was it was fun it was a fast course it was fun but like it is a little boring vanderpool is just so he's on three levels above everybody else Vanderpool or uh, Vanderhaar uh, in third place there, and then on the women's side, Lucinda Brandt taking home the win. The course in in the women's race—I don't know if you guys saw it. This is the one sketchy. This is the one bit I did see. Poor Eva Lechner. I mean, she tricolor. Yeah, she maybe got it the worst, but she was not the only one. There was a small rise in the in the course that was in the shade, like it was a sunny day, but it clearly had some frost on the ground in the morning. And the way the sun was this, this small little inconspicuous hill was in the shade and, and you could ride up. It It was right after the stairs and you got like two pedal strokes into it. And you had to try to power up this little short hill. And if you couldn't make it and you had to dismount, you were just going (laughs) to slide all the way back down, like backwards. And you could not run up it because it was just so slippery. If crazy. no one has yeah. done it yet, and I would say like Crosshair uh, Bill would have done this maybe like ten years ago, put the Benny Hill music over that yeah. like for the yeah. fifteen second. The, I mean, it was crazy. Like the like they get up to the top, and then one person would like the uh, one of the athletes would try to like remount the bike or something, and then slip, and then everyone else would just start coming down. It was like it reminded me of one of those um, Japanese game shows. Where like they're running up like the the um, yes. you know the inflatable slide that's coated with oil, and then at mm-hmm. the same time someone's that's throwing a, a giant plastic bowling ball down at them, and they're like trying to dodge it. And yeah. the one that stuck out the most in the clip was Ava Lechner, just in that uh, Italian national championship jersey, mm-hmm. and like she'd go to the top bottom and then like take the full like full head of steam run at it and then she'd get to the top and then someone would knock her back down it was so bad yeah it felt horrible yeah Yeah. that was that was that first lap through and it was kind of chaos they handled it much better after that um with less traffic it it really wasn't a, a like challenging part of the course it was just like one of those things that like everybody stacked up on each other and nobody had room to find the good grip you know and they were all just kind of you're still in that first lap kind of adrenaline and uh yeah the, it was total chaos it was pretty great yeah well anyway <laughs> yeah, so that good was finishing that race too though the women's race oh was, yeah it was, it was super good that was a fun race that's what you're saying little guy you only watched uh like the the final lap i believe and you said it was a good one with brand taking the it win. was great yeah it was great that final lap was awesome um Tons of, I mean, as usual, the women's race in, in, in those highest level races has been exciting and 
Vanderpool's amazing, but yeah, the races aren't very fun. Are we all ready for? Should should I start the anybody but Matthew Vanderpool fan club at this point? No, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I I still like the guy. He puts on a show. Yeah, He's no, so good. Well, it's hard to not well, I mean, like watching him ride. But at the same point, I some yeah some close races would be fun. You yeah. know, he's but, doing the tail whips like I mean, when he's Tim, uh, jumping. You kind of got your dream, right? Like two years ago, you were on the anybody but wow fan club uh and and now we've got somebody but wow and uh yeah you know, i just love you're right maybe, maybe I just, it was the the old genie in the bottle where you made your wish <laughs> yeah. and uh it came true but yeah. maybe not quite how you wanted it to exactly i th- i love competitive racing and i would say that i'm just not so into the the men's cyclocross the last two years just because of the dominance of Matthew Vanderpool, not a knock against him. He seems like a great guy. I love watching him on the road, like winning and be like, hey, I was a fan before anybody else was a fan kind of thing. You know, the old indie rock um, yep. idea that every cyclocross yeah. fan is when you see like, oh, Stybar. <laughs> yeah, I was with him. Lars Boom. Hmm. And then to a lesser extent, track racers that go to the road, but that never really ends out very well. Yeah. But um, <laughs> you're like, oh, Theo Boss. He's really good winning the presidential tour of Turkey. But um, Viviani, Viviani. But I, I guess I'm just uh, the the women's racing is by far superior, and it's just more entertaining right now because of the competition. And so it'd be great to see Vanderpool and Wout follow Stybar and just go full bore well, into road and never come back to cyclocross. Well, we should say we should say then that. Uh, sometime this week Wout got the okay from the UCI though he's still in weird legal uh waters about whether or not he can sign with another team whether or not he'll get sued by sniper cycling or whoever owned his previous team so but it seems like he's got the go-ahead where he could well maybe see him on the spring in the road in the spring classics probably see Vanderpool get the invite we'll see Toffee I was just about to say uh, toffee. Like, I can't. <laughs> I can't think of a better publicity stunt for one of these like continental teams coming in than oh, yeah, to take toffee. Fiftieth, fifty years old, you know, previous winner of well, Paris Roubaix, and then he's in the testing pool, so he's done everything right. So they're just going to be like, "Yeah, why don't you come ride with us?" Like, instead of the twenty-two-year-old neo pro who's going to like drop <laughs> out that no one knows who he is. Well, the rumor this week, I don't know if you guys heard more of this than I did, but that it was maybe Dimension Data. Oh, smart move. Right? Like, they've been kind of stinking it up at the bottom, even though they've got uh, Eddie B, um, you know, who's never going to really win anything. He's always nearabouts. But that would be, ex- I don't know. I'm I'm into the I was assuming it was going to be one of it's the- It's bonkers. I was assuming it was going to be like Wanty, right? Like, like I thought it'd be of- like Delco. Delco Marseille or whatever, you know, like, like teeny, teeny, teeny. So I figured it'd be like a movie star, somebody who didn't have another guy for the race, you know? Oh yeah. Like they got that literally only have, they only have seven people at the start line and we're like, we need somebody. And then Toffee's like, (laughs) Hey, I'm here. I bought it. I bought a kid already on wiggle. I'm ready to go. (laughs) Oh, if they're rolling it that way, I got free shipping. Uh, I got, yeah. 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 I'm it's going to be bonkers. Hey guys, we're only like a month out of a tour down under, so you know our oh. our, uh, our our national nightmare yeah. of nothing, no road racing to talk about is almost over. But um, before the show ends out today, mm-hmm. I do want to get to uh, something that uh, we're hoping to have Derek Bouchard Hall, president of USA Cycling, um, recently announced that he's going to be leaving back on the show. We were his first outlet for an interview, like he yeah. sought us out. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well okay we sought him out and it was a really hard sell and it, i think the email back to him was like sure let's do this and it was a great interview i enjoyed every moment of it i left Sport? thinking that Derek richard hall was gonna run for like governor mayor or something i was like this guy is the real deal and he's now leaving usa cycling after three years um yep. and it's been a pretty crazy time at usa cycling and a lot of this, I think he went, got up against the bureaucracy of USA Cycling, but mm-hmm. he's also put in some pretty good things. Some things I'd like to point out. We actually have hope now and funding for <laughs> winning gold medals, which is very important for the strength of the Definitely. sport. Um, I think that he's done a really good job of just kind of streamlining the the tech tech features. Like 
getting new blood into leadership positions at USA Cycling was very important because we had a lot of old mm -hmm. guard. We had a yep. uh, former president of USA Cycling, Steve Johnson, creating Fat Bike Nationals so he could become a national champion. Pretty sure yeah. that was, that may have not been what happened in that board meeting, but I'm pretty sure it had a lot to do with it. So we have Derek Richard Hall, and he's leaving. Now, if you guys, or the three of us, were asked to interview for this position, uh -huh. I have not been contacted. Maybe you guys have, but I had no headhunters have hit probably, me up. Probably, I probably got lost in the mail. Is what I'm yeah. thinking. Yeah. You, you, you've moved. You just recently yeah, moved. Spam. So uh, you know. I, I'll ask, um, I, I'll start. The things that I would correct or the, the things I would like to change about USA Cycling, mm -hmm. twofold. And I'm not saying Derek didn't try to do this. He's up against the bureaucracy. But these are the things that if I'm trying to save USA Cycling and bring it back to its glory days of 2012 when they had 63,000 members or whatever, and now they're at 53,000 and some sponsorship dollars have left. The first thing I would do is, I totally get rid of the current upgrade and category system. Hmm. Okay. Now, yeah, a little, change it. Yes, a little outside the box here. Let me let me explain. Well, I would say instead of going to like category one, two, three, four, five, six, or whatever, right? I would go into utilizing the technology that um, Colin Reuter and Cross Results has kind of created. Um, and he created that based off of the international like category system that they use in like cross country skiing and also uh, FIS for the downhill skiing, where basically your how you are performing, your category is 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 fluid. So over time, you could be like a five hundred level racer, or you could be a one hundred level racer and or a, a sub one hundred level racer. So as your your points decrease, means you're a higher level racer. So then we, on the, you would no longer have these category three sandbaggers really, because what you would see is over time, it's less, um, it's less of relying on an official who doesn't even watch the race anyway. And who's friends to like, Oh yeah, you're a cat three, but I'm going to deny this person because you're a cat two and you're, you're one point shy and they're just going to ruin every two through race. Does it, does it make sense what I'm proposing here? Yeah, sort of. I guess it makes sense. Sort yeah. of. I, I, I think the uh, upgrade system needs some serious work. I think there's um, some areas where maybe it makes sense and some areas like here in New England, for instance, it doesn't make sense when you have regular crit fields that are 60, 70, 80 people and the points go seven deep. Exactly. It's, it's, it's bonkers. Like it's crazy. Yeah. Like, so at most you have seven or eight people upgrading from three to two in the year or something because they need to have such a high bar. Exactly. Of like, and that's why my system that I stole from Cross Results, uh -huh. who took it from somewhere else, would be the way to do it. Yeah, that makes sense. So I think that that's just the because then more people yes. would be able to upgrade. A, a so. revamp for sure. Like whether whether there's more points available, points go deeper. It's easier they, to get the points. I don't know. If they need you to don't take it out of the, the fitness, human hands. You're gonna get tossed out the back of your field anyway. So, absolutely, they got to take it out of the human the human hands, right? Because sure. right now yeah. the problem is is that it's it's true. We have we have an upgrade official here uh, that is extremely by the book, perhaps to a fault. And yes, as you know, when we were coming up in Minnesota, we had an upgrade official that was like maybe a little too lackadaisical about things where yeah. I, I remember my cat two upgrade was uh, me going, uh, Hey Matt, do you think I could do the two race? And him saying, do you promise not to crash anyone out? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's well, all it requires, but yes. <laughs> and I said, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I can hang no problem. And you know, and he was like, that's fine. If you want to go get your teeth kicked in, it's fine, but don't cause a safety issue or I'm going to, throw the book at you you know and that's fair I, I just remember seeing like like they don't even get notified of an automatic upgrade like with technology can't you just get like oh this person's won four category three races they need to move up yeah yeah no it, it is it is uh maybe that segues into probably another thing that you want to talk about but the it 
systems that USA Cycling is using. Oh, God. Maybe not up to uh, 2018 speed. No, I can um, attest to someone who signed up for a race on Thursday and had uh, a lot of trouble. The race wouldn't load. I couldn't find it. Uh, eventually, I thankfully, somebody told me just to open it in a different kind of browser, and that eventually worked. Uh, but it was... I definitely was standing there for a minute being like, well, I'm not going to get a call up and I'm going to get charged 10 more dollars and I'm not going to be able to register in the next two hours before this closes. <laughs> no. It was not fun. I was a little annoyed. Yeah. Um, and then so is that what you would fix, little anyway. guy? You'd fix the IT? Uh, no, I don't give a crap about that. Um, <laughs> I would, for one, I'm serious about this. I'd make it free to rock the one cog. Yeah. As Always. I think no, no. I'm actually serious. I think one bike races are too freaking expensive, and I know there's all kinds of costs going with it. But like, it's insane. I paid day of at a race this year forty freaking dollars, which is insane. And I only did it because I'd already driven an hour to freaking get there. Um, I'd put some price caps in, and I'd make it free to rock the one cog because really, at the end of the day, we got to get more people bike racing. There's not many people showing up to bike races around here, and if if you've got to give away a bunch of single speed uh, bike races to get people out and get them involved, um, I think it's totally totally worth it, especially for cyclocross. Like, yeah. it's crazy when you show up to a race and there's nine people in a field. Um, but it makes sense when it's thirty five to forty dollars to race, plus you got to drive to it because it's in the middle of nowhere. So it's free to rock the one cog, single speed crits, just like get people out to race. So the ah. red hood, the red hook theory. In a sense, yeah. Like, All right. I'm, t- I'm into I mean, it. It, it. Especially if people come out and do single speed crits. After two of those, they'll be like, "This is stupid." Um, would, and they'll would, and they'll want to do real crits. At, at your cross races, would the would the fat bike category be free or no? Uh, it doesn't exist. Oh, and also age categories don't exist anymore either. Just race your freaking category because Tim just created a better category system. I don't know why you can't just respect the category system and race the category well, system. Well, yeah, I think that's implied with Tim's system is there's no more masters, which would really create like solve all the scheduling conflicts that uh, promoters have. So it's a win-win. It would. Um, People would complain about the masters thing for one year and then it would you'd lose ten percent, and then you'd be fine. Yeah, yeah you just got to deal it's with the true. blowback for it's, one year. But and it's it'd be fine. it's the loudest ten percent conceivable. That's <laughs> that's just because of the way the titanium reverberates when you yell near it. Yeah, no, it's probably true. And then how would you fix it, Spencer? Well, so you when you when you brought this up, you posted it, you know, as as if we were interviewing for this yes. job, Tim. Yes, and. The problem that I have is I'm going to I'm going to be a terrible interview. I'm going to do you don't want the job. <laughs> I'm going to do a really bad job at this interview. No, because the thing I would change is I I think they absolutely need to have more if not all of the executives at USA Cycling be women. All right. Okay. All right. The, Everyone. The women's side of the sport is growing and thriving in all different uh, disciplines, and there is no representation at the highest level. Uh, the yeah. equal payouts are, you know, like on the shoulders of promoters to do like Trek at the World Cup. Um, it's that's embarrassing. Um, the race times that we've been seeing in cyclocrosses lately, they're just. It's like a second class race and that's it's they're bringing the heat like yeah. we were talking about earlier those these are we have the, the uh, Kate Courtney world champion uh from from our ranks you know here in the US like we need to improve that side of the sport that is that is 50% yeah. of the population out there if we are dropping membership uh I think that's where you look you look to the underserved market and USA cycling as is has not been able to do that and they need they need some new blood that can speak to these markets and identify these problems and you know relate to these problems and so, also capitalize on the success on you know the the women's side of the sport right yeah i mean we do it here we always talk about like oh who's the first place uh racer from america we're just assuming we're talking about like the men's race you know like and where it's mm-hmm. like the women's race is like first place yeah. w- women winner 
you know? Um, yeah. So uh, very, very important idea. I would also be curious if um, just, I think USA Cycling should just go a whole hog into creating a gravel national championships or find a way to partner with like Lifetime. And these are probably all ideas that uh, Derek has probably worked through, but sure. right. Like just, just go all in on the gravel thing and just say like, yeah, I know you guys don't even want to gravel national championships, but guess what? People are going to show up to it and it's yeah. going to be amazing. We oh, didn't, yeah. we didn't want a fatback national championships either, yeah. but we got them. Like just do it and just co-opt it. And yeah, some of the diehard uh, people are going to be like, well, I'm not doing any of that. And you're like, fine. Cause I'll show up to it. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's anyway. a good point. Well, I guess uh, we just once again solved the problems facing USA Cycling and yeah. the general cycling world. I no longer am going to have a Nissan Versa. And uh, we have, hands down, the greatest story that's ever been written about a, um, a podcast in our mm-hmm. possession. So that's true. with that, I would like to thank everybody for listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Find us on iTunes and Stitcher. Make sure you leave us a review on um, iTunes. And email us any of your questions at theslowridepodcast at gmail.com. We would like to thank PowerDots for their support. Go to powerdot.com and enter the coupon code SLOWRIDE to save up to 20% on the PowerDot recovery tool. And Grimper Brothers, you go to bit.ly slash WAPBeans to order a bag of full schleck. Yeah, you crushed it. Um... BK1 from Ryan Sayers Entertainment uh, provided the intro and outro music. We'd like to thank him for that. Uh, and, you know, of course, for uh, DJing my wedding playlist. Uh, I know a little guy appreciated that uh, all night long. He did. Wow. Solid. Well done. Way to insert that one in there. Yeah, Tim couldn't make it. Uh, I was driving my Versa somewhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Probably. Well, Spencer in Boston, uh, thanks again. Uh, Matt in Minneapolis, thanks again, Tim. Yeah. In Orlando. And Spencer in Boston, thanks again. Wow. <laughs> the Slow Ride Podcast. Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride Podcast.com. And on Twitter at the Slow Ride Pod. No, you didn't go. You never went. No, that's what I was waiting for. That's why I wasn't saying anything because I was like, but then I thought you were looking at me and I was like, why are you looking at me? What am I supposed to say? Uh, I think it works. It's uh, it's like a riff. We did it. <laughs>